Hey, welcome to the Maybe You're Like Me podcast with me, Mike Burns. Listen, I know we're all more alike than we care to think. We've all got dreams, we've all got hopes, but sometimes we can feel a little alone trying to navigate in this crazy world we live in. So this podcast is all about you and it's all about me and how maybe we're a little more alike than we care to think. Welcome to Maybe You're Like Me. On today's episode, we have Lance Herring. Now, I call a lot of people rock stars if I think they're cool, but Lance literally is a rock star. He plays electric guitar, lead guitar for some amazing musicians, and he's just like an all-around cool guy. You're going to like this conversation. We talk about creativity and how nobody's got it figured out. So let's join Lance. Lance, thank you so much for joining us. Actually, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, we recorded this episode uh, about a week ago and because of uh, technology and the internet, and I'm going to go ahead and blame hackers. What do you think about that? You feel good about blaming <laughs> the hackers? We weren't able. Yeah. Yeah. Probably Russia. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll blame. Yeah. They're, they're the bad guys right now. So, uh, something yep, happened yep, yep. in the internet and we didn't have any of Lance's audio, but Lance, thank you so much for being here and being <laughs> our very first return guest here on maybe you're like me. How's it going, man? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. You're, you're very welcome. Honestly, I feel like you probably could have just released the podcast as it was without my audio and it probably would have been your bestseller. <laughs> it was a lot of blank spaces. <laughs> What's that one, a classical recorded, uh, thing or classical song that is just like 30 minutes of silence. Oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. By, uh, yeah, it's John Cage. It's like yeah. called two forty three or something. It's just, it's, it, it just is the silence. Yeah. So that, that's what that episode would have been, but you know what? It could have been like a, a cool, like contemplative, meditative podcast to listen to. Just listen, listen to yourself, listen to the inside of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. All right. So Lance, uh, you know how this goes. We've, we've done this before. You're an old pro. Uh, you are the first return guest. Seasoned so for everybody who yeah. doesn't know you, like I know you, uh, I've known you for, uh, probably 15, 16 years now, but at the same time, we haven't really talked to each other, uh, until very recently, uh, uh, but like six years ago, we haven't, or five or six years ago, we hadn't talked. And so, uh, for people like me who just see you on the internet or maybe people who, uh, they haven't met you yet or seen you anywhere yet, uh, who is Lance Herring? Uh, give me, give me the rundown. Who are you, man? Oh man, that's, that's a heavy question. Um, let's not get super philosophical yet. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> I am a creator. Um, I am a professional musician here in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, music director, band leader, guitar player. Um, music is my, my passion, but I always, uh, thought to myself, you know, what if God forbid I, uh, you know, lost my hands or something and, and couldn't quote unquote play music anymore. Would I lose my identity as musician. And I, I realized that as long as I'm creating something, whether that's, uh, you know, I got into to woodworking or painting or even business can be really creative, you know, on entrepreneurship. I think I am a creator. Um, what people see yeah. on the, the, the internet mostly is a uh, musician and dog lover and, uh, recently got into triathlon. So there's, there's a little bit of that actually just came from the pool. I smell like chlorine. That's why I was a little bit late, but, uh, I'm really thankful this is a zoom call. Thank you. Uh, internet for that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, since the last time that we were together, you got married. That's a pretty big deal. 
I did. I got married to uh, my wife, Jessica, um, in the middle of the uh, pandemic. I don't know if if you're aware, we, we were just in or are still currently in a pandemic, depends on who you talk to. And right at the height, oh, wow. um, we, had, we planned our, our wedding and um, due to some unforeseen circumstances, we weren't allowed to move our our wedding from our specific venue without paying an ungodly amount of money. And so we're like, you know what, let's just have the wedding. And we had a small yeah. wedding and we've been married and, um, it's awesome, man. I love being married. It's been great. That's awesome. Any, uh, any kids, any, you want to break any news? Are you guys pregnant or anything you want to tell us? You're, on, <laughs> you're like me podcast. Um, we have, we have one four-legged furry kid. His name is Erwin. He is an Australian. Um, okay. it's about as kid as we're getting right now. We do want to have a kid. Um, okay. But not, not anytime soon. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, live your life. You're out there, uh, rocking and rolling. So <laughs> a kid might get in the way a little bit. So, oh, man, I'm so happy you're doing this again. Uh, thank you so much for, for doing it. So, uh, listen here at the, maybe you're like me podcast. Again, it's all about trying to get past what you would see on the internet. So get past the Instagram filters and the face tuning. <laughs> and, um, I'm so happy that we're getting to do this over the internet right now. And the thank you again for being here. So uh, we're going to go straight into it. We're going to go into the first date round. Now, uh, I told Lance this before we started recording, but I actually went through and changed a lot of the questions so that he wasn't having to answer the same questions over and over again. <laughs> so Lance, are you ready for, uh, this is the first date round. This is the get to know oh, you man. round. You ready? I, I, I kind of wish you were just going to ask the same questions because I, I wasn't nervous. Now I'm nervous. You got new questions. You sprung them on me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, question number one, what is your desert island dessert? Mm. Yeah, not dessert island. What is your des de deserted island? Desert that's, island. That's a tough one to, to desert say. Desert island desert. Um, no, my my <laughs> my my desert island dessert is uh, it's it's a nostalgic dessert and it probably mm -hmm. doesn't taste the way I taste it in my mind, if that makes sense. It's from my, my childhood. My parents used to take me to this hole in the wall, Cuban restaurant in Ocala, Florida. Okay. And, uh, it was, it was yeah. a trace leche cake, which is this, um, okay. you know, if you don't speak Spanish, that's three milk. Um, so it's this layered cake with, with a oh. bunch of different milks. Um, and it, they're like pre-made stored, but they store them in the back of the fridge. And so they get to the point where it's just cold enough to not freeze, but it's almost crunchy. Um, and I'm sure it was by accident, but it is my yeah. favorite thing because it's super, super cold, just a little bit crunchy and it tastes super, super sweet. Um, and yeah, so that specific Tres Leche from the Cuban restaurant in Ocala, Florida is my desert island dessert. Excellent work. Um just to, to throw this in there too. So, uh, is that, would that be your, uh, if you were on death row, your death row dessert too? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that or, <laughs> oh man, I just, so ah, crap. So there's these chocolates. I can't remember what they're called, but you can only get them at Costco. They come in like a big tube. Um, if, uh -huh. if the internet can do me a, a solid and figure out what those are called, I think that would be my my death row dessert. Cause there's a lot of them and you could, you could postpone it. You know, you could okay. just keep eating them. They're, they're small enough. So you could just take, you know, I might, <laughs> they might never be able to, to zap me. Cause I just keep eating. Do they zap people anymore? I don't think they do. 
Anyway, next question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've heard, I've heard that the uh, thing to do if you ever put on death row and uh, you get your final meal is to get uh, Chili's uh, endless bottom chips and queso. And uh, <laughs> you just exactly, keep going yeah. and going until that's perfect. Honestly, the, the chips and queso might kill <laughs> you first, all- honestly, but totally worth it. <laughs> or uh, Olive Garden um, endless breadsticks. Oh man, I could get, I could go, go for some Olive Garden breadsticks. Those are fantastic. Whew. All right. Yeah, same. All right. This is a new one. You ready for this? If you could arm oh, wrestle so ready. any celebrity, <laughs> what uh, what's left of your arm wrestling? <laughs> hmm. Okay. So my, this has less to do with the arm wrestling and more to do with, I would love to have an experience with this person. Sure. And arm wrestling is a weird experience. We could bond over it. Absolutely. But I, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a touring musician. I've met lots of famous artists and famous people in general, sure. but they're, they're just people. Famous people are just people, yeah. you know, and I, d- I don't ever get weird around them. I don't ever get starstruck, but one time, um, uh, Tom Hanks was backstage at a concert. Oh, that's insane. And I, f- I froze. I absolutely just like, that's like America's dad was just right there. Yeah, absolutely. So many people were coming up to him and, you know, trying to get pictures and, mm-hmm. Um, his, his wife, Rita Wilson is a, uh, country artist. And, um, so he was there supporting her super sweet. Obviously he's America's dad. He's gotta be sweet. Um, <laughs> and, uh, everybody was coming up to him and taking pictures and getting autographs. And I was like, I don't want to be that guy. So long story short, I would love to arm wrestle Tom Hanks. Yeah, absolutely. Cause then we could have a nice conversation. Okay. And then I could take my picture and honestly, he'd probably beat me. And I'm okay with that. I don't know why, but when I was thinking about the question myself, I went to like, like people that are wrestler wrestlers are like super strong people. Like I was like, <laughs> I, w- I want to arm wrestle John Cena. I don't know why. <laughs> Number one, John Cena seems like a lovely person in general. Uh, I don't, I've never met him, so I couldn't tell you for sure. But, um, I, I just imagine if I did arm wrestle him though, I'd, I'd like to imagine that he would like, let me feel like I was winning for a second. But then at the uh, end there is, there's a 4,000% chance that my arm actually just rips right off. Am I, am I right at that? He's, he's definitely yeah. going to rip it off there. That's not, there's no coming yeah. back from that. Yeah. 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 That would be fun too. Or I'm wrestling somebody like the rock or, you know, just somebody who's just absolutely going to destroy you. Yeah. I think that'd be yeah. fun too. Um, I'm trying to think of like a super weak celebrity that I would win against just so I could have bragging rights. Uh, but I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like uh, body shaming anybody, so I'm not going to do that. Um, but in the same breath, I do feel like me and weird Al would be a good, good chance to, uh, it'd be a pretty equal match. So weird Al Yankovic, what do you think? You think I could do it? Hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. The only thing is he's, he's a tall guy. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, he's got some well, leverage. I guess, yeah. 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 I don't know whether that is, I'm not a physicist, so I don't know no. wh- whether having long arms would be helpful or hurtful or having shorter arms would be helpful or hurtful, but I believe in uh, you. I think you could take him. Any scientists out there listening today, uh, please go ahead <laughs> and do us a favor. Send us the, uh, the only word I can think of is fulcrum. 
And I know that's not very helpful <laughs> in this situation. My mind went back to like sixth grade geometry and that's, that's all I've got right now. So <laughs> that, that sounds right. That sounds right. All right. So uh, last one in this first date round, living or dead, who is, uh, if you could go to a concert with three bands, it's, you got like an opener, a middle act and a closer, who is your mm. three, uh, who are your three acts for your, and again, any time period. Mm. So Man. bring the heat. What do you got? You asked this last time and I, and I don't remember what I said, which I think is good. I like to imagine that you've been pondering these since then and <laughs> you are. Okay. Okay. So man, this is so hard. Okay. Opener. This is like, this is like a musician's band. So there's probably a lot of people okay. who haven't heard of them, but there's a band called snarky puppy and it's like modern okay. jazz. I mean, it's kind of way out there. Okay. And if you're a musician, you're going to love it. Like if you are into that sort of weird stuff yeah. and just got great vibe and great rhythm and insane musicians that just soul all over the place. And it's really fun to watch live. Um, so that's the opener. They bring the heat. Are they like a super tight band? Yes. Yeah. And they like the, the musicians come in and out. They, they sub in solemn and they brought in Dave Matthews, uh, saxophone player and, um, so they just, they'll just sub out musicians and, you know, some of the greatest drummers and keyboard players and guitar players, my favorite guitar player of all time, Mark Latirius. Um, anyway, so snarky puppy, they're going to open now. I, I've seen him so many times, but I could watch him every night. John Mayer direct support. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I can't decide if it's Coldplay or if it's Michael Jackson, that's a, that's a tough call, but because I still have, yeah, I have the ability to see Coldplay in real life. I'm just yeah. going to go with Michael Jackson because I never that's got to call. see him. Now, are you there to see Michael Jackson dance or are you there yeah. to see Michael Jackson's band? Mm. Or is it just the full experience for you? I, that's a tough question. Honestly, it's, it's the whole thing, man. The whole thing, the, the band, the singing, the dancing, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be explosions going on and, and LEDs and, you know, there for it. I'm really there for it. Do you remember the story of him? I think it was late eighties, early nineties. He was recording a Pepsi commercial and one of the pyrotechnics went <laughs> off at the wrong time and caught his hair on fire in the middle of a, like a commercial shoot. I did not hear this. Listen, that is a YouTube uh, deep dive for you later. Get on there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Get that. Um, Yeah, that's a, that's a good bet for you to really uh, check out old Michael Jackson on fire. So it was a big deal. Like I think he sued Pepsi or I I think it was Pepsi. You gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, you know, you gotta make, if you get burned like that, you, yeah, you need some, you need some love. All right. So here's a real question Uh, with concerts. Uh, you are in your, uh, you're, you're in your thirties now. Yeah. Yes, I am. Mid thirties. Have you, have you reached the age now when you go to a show, you want to sit down <laughs> or are you still a stand up, get in the mix kind I, of guy? I have been a sit down at a show person for 15 years. I mean, since I was 20 and I, I am the worst person to perform to, to do comedy, to do, uh, to sing a song, to do magic. Like I am the worst person on the outside. I'm some, I have my arms <laughs> crossed and I'm just staring, but on the inside, I'm like, I'm so enthralled. Cause I'm just, I'm taking every, I have a hard time like experiencing the moment. So I'm just like, 
I'm taking it all in and I'm processing and I'm mm-hmm. going through my brain. And if it's, if it's comedy, I'm like, you know, how, like what's, what's the timing on this joke and where's this joke going? And if it's music, I'm analyzing the chords and the, the mix and the, the sound and, you know, um, are they using tracks? Are they not using tracks? You know, I'm just analyzing everything. And so I'm not able to kind of fully envelop myself in the moment. Um, but I am absolutely enjoying the heck out of myself. It just doesn't always look like that from the outside. Yeah. I've got a thing that it's, uh, a jealous, a jealousy thing for me that I need to overcome probably. (laughs) But, uh, that same thing you just described, that's kind of me to an extent, but my little brother, Aaron, he, wherever he is, he is always 1000% in the moment. So like, like where you're the opposite person, like you, you got your arms crossed and you're just like letting it all wash over you. Aaron is in the moment. Like he's the best person to go to a funny movie with or like any of that stuff because Mm -hmm. he's just so Mm -hmm. fully enjoying himself where I I'm kind of like you, where I'm just like, I'm like afterwards, like talking about an event I just went to, I will like (laughs) chew your ear off talking because I just, I like, it just took me a second to process everything. But then I'm like, yes, this, that was fantastic. Yeah, totally. I I was talking to um, a, a friend the other day and like, I mean, you're a musician, you know, like, you know, Mm -hmm. when you go to a show, you can look at, you know, what everybody's doing and you know, what's, what's going on, you know, you know, the names, the instruments and, you know, you, and I like it that your bar for a musician is knowing what the instruments are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, okay. So that's what I'm saying is like, there are people who go to a concert and they know nothing. Yeah. They know absolutely nothing. Like music is magic to them. Yeah. There's like, it's, they don't know how it happens. And I, I envy that type of, and I don't mean this negatively, but that like naivete that comes from just like being able to fully just be surrounded by music. Yeah. And it's still, it's still magic. Like to me, it's kind of, it's like, it's math and I, I know what's going on and I can hear a song and I can pick out like, Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I know what key it's in, I know all the, the chords they're playing and, um, I'm like, well, this is a strat guitar and this sounds like a, a telly coming through this sort of amp and these sorts of effects. And this sounds like a P bass and the drummer is using, you know, really big high, you know, I, I, I know what's going on. And so it's hard for me to fully envelop myself in a song, which I think is kind of why musicians have like like that band snarky puppy, like they're just so otherworldly that I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And so it is kind of like, that's how I feel like some people experience music. Yeah. Um, I, I really wish I could just like flip a switch in my brain and just go back to knowing nothing mm-hmm. just for a few minutes to like experience what music really does for some yeah. people. All right. So just for fun, uh, this isn't on this and I just want to know now, when was the last time that like that happened to you? Like it, whether it was a movie or a TV show or music or like, when mm. was the last time that it was just like, what just happened? Man, I, so I recently got into, um, F1 racing and, okay. and not even, I don't watch it live. I just watch it on Netflix. Okay. So I'm always a year behind and I am so impressed with whoever produces that show the the uh, the storytelling ability for like real life and racing mm-hmm. is just uh man 
I, I was watching an episode the other day and I don't want to give anything away. Have, have you seen it? No, I'm not too worried about it though. You're not going to ruin it for me. Anybody okay. listening, if All you right. don't want well, F1 spoilers, sure. don't <laughs> just go ahead and skip okay. 15 seconds. Well, well, this was a, this was a couple of years ago, um, that it happened. So there was like this explosion and like F1 cars don't explode supposedly. And this guy, it was a really terrible wreck and it was like a 30 minute buildup of this guy, like in this fireball of a, of a car. I, w- I won't give away what happened, but th- I, don't, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling, but I love a good, like people who can tell a yeah. good story. That's when I'm just like fully yeah. in it. Yeah. And a good yeah. story, a good documentary. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. You and I have been uh, friends loosely for the last 10, 15 years. And, um, but so this is, and we're, we're moving into the slow round again. This is, these are the little bit more serious. Mm-hmm. This isn't a first date anymore. This is really getting to the heart of who you are. <laughs> but, uh, like we've been, been friends for a while, but for you, like, what does it take to be a real friend? Like if, if I want to be your best friend, the one that, that you're, you're calling when you're in trouble or the person that you rely on, what, who is that person? What makes up that person to be your best friend? Hmm. Uh, it definitely takes loyalty, but I think some people mistake loyalty for just like being nice. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it takes somebody who's willing to have those hard conversations, Yeah, like willing to say, Hey, this is wrong. Like you're, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, and somebody who's not afraid to have those hard conversations with me. Um, somebody who is, is curious, somebody that can like have meaningful conversations without letting, um, emotion kind of overcome and dominate. So like somebody who can explore different issues without letting their emotions kind of dictate how they respond. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's, that's a sort of friend that I can, I can really get down, but then also somebody who can just like turn it off. So be in a room with and be silent yeah. and, um, and it not feel awkward. That's also somebody yeah. who I could be really good friends with people that can be honest with you and people that, and it's not honesty to get at you, but it's honesty to, uh, to make you better. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just the other week, like, I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't make a ton of friends very often. It's just, I think when you get a little bit older in life, sometimes it's just, it's harder to make new and, and great friends. Mm -hmm. But I recently, uh, I was at a a coffee shop here in town and, uh, I was just like, Hey man, I like your shoes. And, uh, this guy, he's like, he's like, I don't know what it is. I like you. Let's be friends. And like, that was like the, like the weirdest little like cute meat ever. Nice. But uh, since then he, uh, like, I don't know what it is, but we get along like peas and carrots. Um, and he's it, the thing that I like about him too, is like, he's, he's that easy that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll we can hang out and have like long conversations. Uh, we can text and have short conversations and it's just, it's an easy thing. Mm. It's not, something that like I've got to put effort into and uh, to add one thing on to yours too. Uh, he's a super intentional friend. Mm-hmm. So, um, we've had some tough conversations. We've had some, a bunch of fun conversations, but the thing that I always like is I'm not always the one starting the conversation. Mm-hmm. So we're able to, uh, to interact, not 
fully focused uh, based on what I've done, but he's a part of the conversation too. And so a little bit of honesty, a little bit of loyalty, a little bit of intentionality, yeah. those things really make a, a good friendship. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to steal that and add that to mine too. Somebody who can, who can, it's so hard. I mean, like even you and I we're been talked, not counting the last podcast that we did. That's still out in the ether somewhere. We haven't talked to sure. him in, in years, but somebody who can <laughs> be like, Hey, I want to be your friend and I want to be intentional about making time to spend time with you. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to steal yours. And hopefully your friend is listening now and he knows how much he means to you. Yeah. It's my buddy. So, all right. Um, I know that you are a musician, you are out and about, you've got, you've got a lot on your plate being a band director. Uh, we didn't talk about this before, but you also own, uh, some side businesses, Mm -hmm. uh, you and your wife or you yourself have started some, some businesses, you got that entrepreneurial, uh, edge to you. Um, but what, like what makes like mm. the day, like, like you lay your head down in your bed and you said like, this was a day, like what, what have you accomplished in that day that makes you feel mm. like you've just done it? I think, um, calling guest, um, that I'm, I'm a creator. And if there is something that wasn't in existence and now is in existence, whether that's taken me 30 minutes, whether that's taken me, you know, mm-hmm. 20 hours, um, I, I lay my head down and I, I feel accomplished. Yeah. Um, but like you said, like you mentioned during the pandemic, there wasn't a lot of touring going on. Yeah. Um, and so my wife was let go from her job. Obviously there's, I'm not playing music, so I'm not bringing any income in and long story short, we decided to start a lawn care business and I'm out, you know, started with a push mower, mowing neighbors lawns and worked my way up to some pretty heavy duty machinery over the couple of years that, that we did it. And, um, there is something about being outside all day long, sweating your butt off, working hard, manual labor, um, and then coming home, your wife handing you a nice cold cruiser, um, and just sitting on the couch and, and knowing that like you put in a good hard day's work, you provided for your family, um, and you can, you can be proud of it. So, so I, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a pretty happy guy and I, there's not a, there's not a whole lot of days that go by that I'm like, man, that was a crappy day. I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty easy on myself that way, but yeah, extra good days are days when I, that I bring or mow a bunch of lawns. <laughs> At this point, do you have PTSD from, uh, mowing yards? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, so we sold, we, we, we liquidated the, the business, um, this year. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back touring again. So it just, it was impossible to also maintain that business and it wasn't big enough to where we hired em- employees and we could keep it running. So it's yeah. just that awkward size where not too big to continue to grow, but, um, too big that I couldn't do it as well as, as touring. Um, so we, we liquidated everything and we still have like the big lawnmower, which is kind of fun to mow my yard in like 20 minutes. 
um, the thing flies and it's got a wide deck and it, you know, the neighbors are out there with their little push lawn mowers and I'm just zipping back and forth. And, um, it's got the like little skateboard thing on the back and I'm just kneeling and dealing, surfing on the yard. But as soon as I sell that thing, as soon as it's gone, I hope I never have to mow another yard again in my life. I probably mowed, I mean, more than a thousand yards in the last two years. That's too many yards. Yeah. That is way too many yards. Yeah, that's a lot of yards. Uh, I hate doing my yard, much <laughs> less anybody else's. So God bless you for doing all that. Yeah. Uh, you said earlier to that uh, when you're mowing <laughs> yards, you were sweating your butt off. You didn't have to mow the yards <clears throat> in like full jeans and a leather jacket. That's that's on you, man. You really should have like <laughs> worn like a tank top and some shorts. That's that's your fault. Uh, yeah. I sh- yeah, you're right. That would have been awesome though. Cause we are like, our niche was that we were like working musicians who were out of work Yeah, and you know, what, what was us? We need, we need to make some money. And so we had a lot of people in the, the music industry who would hire us to, to mow their yards just to help out some, some poor musicians. And that would have been a great selling point. Um, we did have a, a, um, a, a news crew come out and do a, a story on us. And, um, I actually took the the weed eater and held it up like a guitar and was playing air guitar on it. I don't think it actually aired in the, in the segment, but there is a picture of it and, uh, I'll send it to you. Okay. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. One last question in this round and, uh, then we can, we can move on from there. What, what do you think drives your kind of entrepreneurial spirit? You built yourself up to be uh, a quality touring musician, which is fantastic. That's awesome. And then, uh, when the pandemic hit, you started your, your lawn business and uh, just, you kept making things work. And then, uh, you and your wife, uh, in this last year started uh, making charcuterie boards and uh, not only making them, but teaching people how to make them and doing that kind of stuff. So what, like what, what drives you? Is that just something that's always been inside you? Just like you want to keep making things and keep entrepreneuring or like, <laughs> what's that for you? Um, I, th- I think it goes back to being a, and like, I never thought this way, but there can be a lot of opportunities to be creative in a business mentality, in a business environment. And, uh, whether that's in, in marketing, figuring yeah. out how to be profitable. Um, and so I'm always thinking of like inventions, which are never any good, but it's, you know, I, they're, they're there and businesses. And I'm always like, like my wife and I will just be driving and I I can't think of one right now, which is very anticlimactic, but I'll just, I'll like, I'll look over to her and I'll be like, you know what a great business idea would be? And I'd spout off something dumb and never do anything about it. Um, but it's just like, I just love creating things and that's, you know, woodworking. I got into to woodworking a few years ago and that's such a different sort of creating where like music is this kind of intangible thing but woodworking is like you work with your fingers and there's something to like touch and grasp and use. And actually the, the studio desk that I'm at right now, like I made, um, and it's, uh, it's just, I just, I love creating things. I love where there wasn't something. And then now there is, um, 
and I have a hard time continuing those things. So like I can get them going. I've got great ideas, but then like the longevity, I kind of, I don't have ADHD, but it's just like, I moved to something else. So that's something I'm working on um, personally is like figuring out a yeah. way to like, all right, let's just hone in on one thing and just do that. That's something I'm, I'm trying to learn too. Actually, this is an extension of, of that. Like I, I do love creating things, but the hardest part has been getting mm. myself to actually like pull the trigger on things. Like I, I've been dreaming about doing this podcast mm-hmm. and all of this stuff and having these conversations for so long, but the, uh, like the actual finishing of doing <laughs> it, like, like it, it's, this yeah. is a separate conversation, but like, even like the fear of like sending a text message to like <laughs> somebody I haven't talked to in a few years and be like, Hey, you want to talk to me uh, yeah. publicly mm-hmm. for a few minutes? Like it's like, there's just so much like fear and anxiety and like weird yeah. stuff that comes into actually like taking the step to do it. And so the things that you've done, like I, <laughs> yeah. as a friend and as a, a fan from afar, I'm proud of you because you don't let the the fear of starting stop you from actually starting. And so Good job, man. I'm proud of you. Well, th- well, thank you. I mean, there are, there's a lot of things that fear has kept me from, from doing. And one thing that the, the pandemic taught me, or I, I guess it, the pandemic forced us to do a lot of things. It's like either we figure out a way to make some money or, you know, be moving yeah. back to Florida, living with my parents, you know? So it's like, we're almost forced into it. But one thing that I briefly mentioned earlier, I randomly got on a triathlon and so yeah. you're not always in the mood to run and swim and bike. And it's a lot of things. And especially right now it's so hot outside, but I always, I, I make a deal with myself that if I just, for, if I'm doing a, run workout. I'm like, if I can just, I'll just run one mile. Mm-hmm. Even if I have 10 miles that I'm supposed to run that day, if I could, if, if I just do one and I don't feel like finishing, that's fine. If I have a bike workout, if I just do a couple miles on the, on the bike and I don't feel like finishing it, just come on back home. If same thing with, with swimming, I do a couple laps and I just, don't, as long as I just start, I will allow myself to quit early and 99.9% of the time I never quit. Yeah. And it's like making that first step is always the hardest. And so, yeah, a uh, friend of mine recently is like, you, you, uh, act your way into feeling mm-hmm. a lot of the times. And so you don't always feel like doing something, but if you just do it, eventually you will feel like doing it. And so yeah. that's kind of what I learned through the, the, the pandemic is just like, sometimes you just have to take that first step. And most of the time you're in goal isn't going to look like what your initial vision was. Yeah. For a few years, I I did CrossFit. I know you can tell this is, this is obviously a physique of a CrossFitter. (laughs) Um, but I did CrossFit for a few years and really enjoyed it, really loved it. But towards the end, the classes were in the morning and I am the Mm. opposite of a morning person. Um, I'm a night owl all the way. And, uh, so it would, the class started at 6 a.m. and I had a six minute drive. And so I figured out <laughs> if I could, if I could get my body out of the bed at uh five fifty, then I could like get myself uh in clothes and in my car with enough time to get there. Uh also if if you were late, they made you do burpees. Uh and <laughs> no one has time for that. You had no. to do a burpee for every minute you were late, and I was not feeling that. Um no. and so uh what started happening was like 
I, I would get myself, like I would wake up and sit up and like, I would be like legs off the side of the bed. But if I didn't get my butt off of the bed, I would mm-hmm. give myself an excuse to stay in bed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I've realized I just, I got to get my butt off the bed. If I can get my butt <laughs> off the bed, <laughs> then it's like, we'll get some inertia going from there. Yeah. But yeah, butt off the bed was yeah. the, the tough one for me. So sometimes yeah, like starting is the, the tough part. Yeah. And then yeah. Once you get into it, there's a bunch of middle and then an end too, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. Like just starting is the hardest part and it's often the physically you're well equipped to start. Like you just start, Mm -hmm. but mentally it's, it's the hardest thing. Um, so I've just forced myself to just like, I can do it, just start and then figure the rest out, which that's, that's the key to business. That's the key to life. Nobody has it together. Everybody's just figuring it out. Yeah. So do your thing. Start your thing. I was going to say, what would you tell 20 year old self? But that's, Mm. that's just the advice that you need to know when you're 20. No one's got it it figured out. We're all just faking it. So, yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're at our favorite part of the podcast. It's my favorite part. At least this is, this is a lot of fun. It is the, uh, common ground round. Are we like each other? And I switched these up so you have no idea what we're going into. Nice. No cheating. Are you ready to do this? I'm ready. All right. First question. Are you going hot or iced coffee? This is this is absolutely forever and always my answer. I, I really feel I think we're gonna be opposites on this one, but here we go. Oh, Three, no. two, one, what you got? I went iced. Hot. Always, oh. man. Man. It's it gotta is. be hot. <laughs> That's like the point of coffee. I get it though. I I, I get it. I get it. Iced coffee it, is good. I don't. You know, it's fantastic. I'm just a. It's part of my routine every morning is 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 coffee and it it just. And I think coffee for me is something that I make. I think if the question was if you have to make it hot or iced, would it still uh-huh. be iced for you? So I actually do make iced coffee every day. So. Oh my god. <laughs> Here's my deal. My own grave. Uh, Yeah, this is your fault. And I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to go ahead and fully explain myself and you can hate me if you want to. I, I, I enjoy hot coffee when I have a chance to enjoy it. Does it make sense? Mm -hmm. Also when it's not 8 billion degrees outside, but, (laughs) um, like on a, like a Saturday morning, there is absolutely nothing better than like a good cup of hot coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, like made pancakes for the kids and then hot coffee. That's that's heaven. But my thing is I figured out a system that I take, uh, like a large iced coffee to work every day. And that's like my, like my amazing pick me up. So like, mm-hmm. there's no loss in temperature or anything. And I've got my mm-hmm. iced coffee. Yeah. And it's fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I mean, I have a little day, treat. Yeah. I think if I had to just like get up and go every morning, yeah. having to worry about like lukewarm coffee, like as you, if you roll into work and you haven't had a sip of your coffee and you're like, oh, okay, good coffee. And you go to drink it and it's lukewarm. There's nothing worse than that. Yeah. Who wants that? No one wants that. <laughs> All right. You ready for round two? Yep. All right. Uh, when it comes time for dinner, would you rather be the one cooking or being cooked for? Okay. Mm, I don't know if I have a, a solid answer for this one either. I'm going to go first one. With- first one that comes to your mind. All right, ready? Yep. Three, two, one. I'm cooking. I'm cooking too. Yeah. What is your That's go-to meal? Win. What are you making? Uh, we started doing HelloFresh. 
this year. Okay. It's the mm-hmm. kind of like pre-made meal kits or whatever, but it's, yeah, it's fun. You're still dicing all the the vegetables and you're doing, they're teaching you cooking techniques. And again, mm-hmm. it goes back to that thing of like creating for me. It's like a, cooking is an, another art form. And, you know, before mm-hmm. you started, there wasn't an, an edible meal. And after you finish, there's an edible meal. And, um, we're not like a, uh, our, me and my wife, we're not like a tit for tat sort of relationship where like I cook you clean, that sort of thing. But it typically is if I cook, she's more than happy to clean. And mm-hmm. I really hate cleaning. Oh um, no. Yeah. <laughs> ready for question number three. I am ready. All right. If you could live in the city or the country side, the countryside, uh, which way are you going? You going city or country? I believe oh, in you. Man, that's it is an impossible question. It's not an impossible question because I already answered it because I'm a genius. All right. I'm just. Okay. I'm ready. You ready? Three, yep. two, one. I went city. Where'd you go? I went city. City. Yeah. Do you have any yeah. city in mind? I love Nashville. Um, I would also huh? love to be a little bit closer to the water. Um, okay. That being like, you know, the ocean, not just any water. Um, okay. but I don't, I don't have one. Oh yeah. In you surf too. Used to. Okay. I mean, who knows if, who knows if I still can. Listen, you might be a little rusty, but I believe in you could do it. Um, I don't know if it's like riding a bike or not. <laughs> yeah. But I think the city, there's just more to do. I think I might get bored if I just lived on a farm. Yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely get bored too. So get them next time. All right. Yeah. Uh, we got two more. You ready for this? Let's do it. All right. On a date night with your wife, yes. Jessica, mm-hmm. does she prefer Jessica or Jess? Um, Either. I call her Jess, but she would be flattered if you said Jessica. She oh, will okay. uh, murder you if you say Jesse. So just, you know, when, when, when you meet her in I'm person, I'm happy that I waited because I was literally about to ask that. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, if you're on a date with, uh, Jessica and or Jess, mm-hmm. not Jesse, uh, would you rather go to a, like a musical? So a play, uh, with some music in it, it could be any play or musical or a comedy show hmm. stand up or otherwise improv. The world is your oyster. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Three, two, one. Comedy. I said musical. Oh, really? Yeah. I know. What uh, what musical are you going to? Uh, any of them? The the good ones? <laughs> I don't know. It's just with the music. Oh, like okay, that's good. I like. I love. I love stand up. I think it's an incredible art form. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, a musical just has more art form it has it has comedy it has acting it has music um so i think there's just more to it do you have a favorite musical no 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 i don't okay i've i have definitely seen more stand-up than i have seen a musical um but just because it's just easier it's easier access to stand-up than it is a musical unless you lived in new york or something yeah we uh, it's been a few years now. We saw the touring company of uh, Hamilton mm-hmm. and that was ridiculous. Yeah. Those people are so stupid. Talented. That's, I mean, that's what I would have said like, when you asked me what, but I've, I've never seen it. And, um, but that's, everybody agrees. That's like the best musical of all time. Yeah. It's fantastic. I don't know about all time. You might have some, some theater nerds out there <laughs> like, excuse me, sir. Rogers and Hammerstein wrote the best musicals of all time. <laughs> Blame is Rob. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't, 
<laughs> Less miserables. Um, yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to fight you on it. So I'm happy that yeah. happy that you figured it out. So, all right. Last one. And then we, we did it. it. We finally made it through this podcast. Hopefully the world <laughs> gets to hear this one this time. But uh, when it comes to mm -hmm. uh, Mexican food, are you going guacamole or salsa? going guacamole like with, with chips or on something with chips yeah yeah now, this is a, a chip situation yep. all right you ready three yeah. two one i went guac yeah salsa I'm, I'm probably like a very small percentage Lance, of people we... that prefers salsa over guacamole it's, it's good it's good i like guac tastes great but i think there's 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 more variety in salsa <laughs> you can have like you know, kind of fruity, spicy salsa, medium, you know, mild salsa. Everybody's salsa is different. Uh -huh. um, it doesn't fill you up the way that guacamole does. And guacamole mostly tastes like guacamole. It's a fantastic thing, though. My deal with all of it is just mm. don't put any cilantro yeah. in it. I'm one of those people that cilantro so, tastes like soap. Yeah. And that's a deal breaker for yeah. me. So Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't love it. I'm not a, I'm not a cilantro guy. If it's on there, I'm not going to pick it out, but I don't. I just. You know, doesn't do anything for me. Same thing with lettuce on burgers. Like, what's what's it doing in there? Get just get out if if you want to. I I actually really enjoy good lettuce. A little crisp in the the middle there. A burger. Put some put some potato chips on there. <laughs> I'll die. This has gone hill. to heights I wasn't expecting today. I'm I'm here for it though. <laughs> All right. So Lance, uh, thank you again so, so much for being here and doing this. Uh, maybe today there's people that had never heard of you before or had never heard the music you play. If there's people that want to follow you on the internet or maybe try to get to know you a little bit better, where's a good place for them to follow you? Really the only place is on um, Instagram and that's at Lance Herring. Um, Lance like Lance Armstrong, Herring like the fish. Um <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm on Twitter and Facebook. But. I really enjoy hearing how people explain their names. <laughs> yeah, you're not. <laughs> uh, Mike's pretty easy, but then I'm like burns like fire. So yeah. it usually gets people on the same page. But yeah, yeah, yeah you can follow him at Lance Herring. And then uh, you got any uh, music dates coming up? You going on tour this summer? Yeah, or fall? yeah we're going. We're opening for uh, Brad Paisley this this summer. That's um, fun. So that should be fun. We just got off tour with uh, Darius Rucker. Okay. Um, old, Young Hootie. Uh, the, the lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish. Yeah. Did a, his own country thing, Darius Rucker. Mm -hmm. Brad Paisley. Um, should be fun. I don't know. I don't know where we're going. I don't know where we go until I'm, you know, going there. <laughs> I'm, I'm very bad about that. That's why you're the music director, not the tour manager. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's awesome. Again, Lance, thank you so, so much for being here, man. Even if it was the second time, thanks for being our first repeat guest. And for all of you listening, thanks for joining us here at Maybe You're Like Me. Be sure to subscribe and leave a good review wherever you're listening. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great week. We will see you back here next week on Maybe You're Like Me.